From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, what does it take to be Ipswich's Citizen and Senior Citizen of the Year? You'll meet Glenn Smith and Pam Lane. Council has woken from the holiday period with the first meeting of the year held this week. There's good news for footpath dining permit holders. And there's a half a million dollar commitment from Council towards making the Ipswich CBD to Springfield Central Rail Link a reality. It's Friday, January 29, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Community-minded residents are the glue that holds us together, especially during these tough times. Each year in January, an elite group of residents are recognised for their contributions to the well-being of our city. Glenn Smith and Pam Lane are two such people who've been honoured by being named Citizen of the Year and Senior Citizen of the Year in Ipswich. Pam Lane, welcome to you as the senior. Thank you, Alan. If that's okay. <laughs> and Glenn Smith. I've got the age to prove it. Yeah. And Glenn Smith, a warm welcome to you. Thank you very much. And Pam, I'm only two years off senior, so, you know, I could have gone for that two years' time, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah. You've both been recognised by the city and by those who put your names forward. Before we get to why, how did you feel when first contacted about your nominations? Pam, how about you go first? Look, a friend sent me a message on Facebook and said, well, congratulations, and I sort of said, what for? And because we don't get the QT these days, um, she said you've been nominated senior citizen of the year. So I felt very honoured. Yeah. Glenn, how did you feel when you first heard? Well, I was much the same as Pam. I someone actually said to me, "Oh, congratulations!" Before I actually knew. Um, oh no, no, I didn't. I got a letter in the mail, and then it was, I think the QT might have put them out there, and I mm-hmm. thought, oh, I didn't think everyone know, but I sort of. Took it with a bit of grain of salt and oh, that's great to be nominated, but oh, you know, <laughs> I had no idea it would actually be the, the, the recipient winner, but yeah, I, I felt pretty privileged to be honoured uh, to be nominated. Despite all the political turmoil in recent times, and of course, almost a year of COVID, the city continues to tick over, especially volunteer organisations, which feature strongly in both your lives. Glenn, if I go to you first, just, just give us an overview of what you're involved in and Arts Connect. Well, Arts Connect, you know, it's all in the name, Arts Connect as in connecting the community to the art and the art to the community. But we do a lot more than that as well. Like we um, do a lot of charity work, uh, we do a lot of workshops, we um, raise funds for charity and we raise, you know, so we're really involved with the community in a lot more other things. But art is always the tool. And with COVID, we used art as a way of still, you know, keeping the community together, united, um, either are you okay? So, you know, we did, as you know, we did the big mural, the big um, wall hanging. We mm-hmm. got the community involved. We've done, we did the uh, Ipswich Members for Legacy. We did workshops, online workshops. We did quite a lot of things to, even though COVID was around, it didn't stop us. It didn't stop us at all. Yeah. Pam Lane, your name is synonymous with health in Ipswich and West Morton. 
What about the other activities you've been involved with when you were both working and now that you're retired? Uh, I've always thought that giving back to your community, if you've been very privileged to have good jobs, is a very important part of your role. Um, I was asked by one of the doctors many years ago to join the Ipswich Hospice. Um, it's now a board. It was, it's been called other things other times. Um, and so I've served on that board for many years. But since I've been retired, I've certainly had more time to give to that, and I was secretary for a number of years. But that's a very worthwhile project, and it, my skills in health have allowed me to assist there. Um, and um, that, Ipswich is very fortunate to have a hospice. It's um, Not every town has a hospice, and we have a particularly good hospice, and it's open to anyone. Um, so I'm very um, fortunate to be involved and very lucky to have the skills to assist them. Um, I'm a member of the Zonda Group, which is a women's uh, human service group that supports women both locally and internationally. Um, and I've been chair of the fundraising group there for many years. We were a bit challenged during COVID fundraising, but because we couldn't do the bunny sausage sizzle, uh, we <laughs> raffled uh, a $1,000 voucher from voucher. From, uh, um, from Bunnings, and we were able to do that uh, electronically. So that was a new thing for us. We did everything electronically from tickets to sales, uh, letting people know about it, and we did the draw electronically. It is so amazing. Was- it is amazing when you think about the, cu- the impact of COVID and how people have had to reinvent themselves, almost reinvent the wheel in a way. Yeah, no, I think it's been, it's, for we older people, it's been a nice challenge to use the, and teach people to use the technology to still connect. Uh, and as you say, Zoom meetings, not quite as good as the real thing. You can't get to have as much chit-chat. But it certainly keeps people um, in contact. Yeah, it's, it's quite incredible. If, if this had happened 20 years ago, we would have been much more isolated, I feel. What do you think, Glenn? No, that's true. I mean, I think with this uh, social media um, today, it really does make a big difference to how we, how we organise and do things. Uh, as I said, there's so many um, workshops and uh, craft things and uh, theatre and everything online that you didn't feel isolated. And you know, it did. Some people just can't handle that isolation. It does, you know, cause depression and everything. And I think, luckily, with the social media and Zoom and all those wonderful things, it did actually probably. You know, make life a lot easier during that time of isolation and lockdown and yeah so we had to learn how to do things differently and I think most of us got through it I'd still struggle mm-hmm. with the computer technology um, but yeah you know, you've got to move with the times like any city yeah. or town there's much more to Ipswich than what we see in the headlines there's a wonderful community ready to help and a real sense of place and belonging Glenn when did you first arrive in Ipswich and, and how, was, how did you find your initial welcome oh uh, look I came to Ipswich purely because I wanted a Queenslander and where else can you find a Queenslander for a quarter of the price in Brisbane? Um, So I have to admit my first um, contact with Ipswich was purely um, personal. But since I've been here, I got into the art scene and I met some amazing people and I never realised how fantastic a community Ipswich is and I've actually grown to love this town so much. Um, I've been here about 16 years and the last 10 years I've been very heavily involved with community Um, and I've never met a – well, I've never lived anywhere else where the community is just so giving, accepting and understanding and, you know, coming from a minority group myself, it's – I just can't believe how this town is so open 
to everybody. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> there's a few flies in the ointment, but generally speaking, this town's awesome. Yeah. Pam Lane, uh, do you have a similar, similar view? You came here through the health sector. I came here in 1993 as the director of nursing at Ipswich Hospital. And I, I discovered very quickly that it was a, a town with a great sense of history and the people who, who welcomed me to the hospital gave me all the history of the hospital and, and the various people who worked there. Um, I also found that I saw people kept returning to Ipswich. So I soon discovered you know, Ipswich was a well-kept secret. People kept coming back. So that had to be a good thing. And uh, so people said, uh, when I came here, people said to me, oh, where do you live? I said, oh, I live in, East, I live in Eastern Heights. They said, oh, you don't come from Brisbane? I said, no, no, I'm, I like to live where I work. <laughs> I don't want to sit in the car all that time. And I think here in healthcare, it's very important yes. that you live in the yeah. family you work. Three of us are agreed on that point. Back to the awards presentation, when the time came to announce the category winners and your names are the ones called out. Can you remember how you were feeling at the time? Over to you first, Pam. I was very pleasantly surprised and, um, and very honoured, I must admit. I, I think I had a big smile on my face. So, and my <laughs> sister was in the audience. So that, I had two friends, my sister and Kathy, so that was lovely. And what about you, Glenn? Well, I, I, look, I have to admit, when I saw the list of nominees, I didn't have me even down as the top three or top four. As you know, I was just ecstatic, ecstatic to be uh, one of the finalists, but when they actually called my name, I have to admit I took a double take thinking, are you sure? Did you get it right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I couldn't be any more over the moon, thrilled and honoured to be part of it. And, you know, to be upstage with there's some amazing people up on that stage who do some amazing things for Ipswich. As I said, the community here is fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still on cloud nine. I'm still trying to, you know, think, is this a dream? Is this real? But, yeah, no, it was just, just so honoured to be to have this award. Having met both you, Pam, and yourself, Glenn, in my previous roles, you are two absolute well-deserved winners, and I want to give you my personal congratulations and a great choice from the judges. And thank you so much for joining me on Ipswich today. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Pam. Lovely. From Council's ordinary meeting held January 28, Ipswich City Council has approved footpath dining licence operators be refunded fees already paid for 2020-2021 and no further fees will be charged in the 2021 year. Expressions of interest will be called for the operation of a cinema complex in the Nicholas Street precinct. Council resolved to proceed down this path to either manage or lease the cinema tenancy on the corner of Brisbane and Ellenborough Streets. This had previously been flagged by Council to be one of the anchor tenants in the CBD redevelopment. It will allow Council to identify potential contractors who are serious contenders for the provision of management and operations of a cinema complex without putting all the contenders to the expense of preparing a full tender in the initial stages. At the January Council meeting, councillors were also given a significant update on the overall redevelopment from Council's project manager, Greg Thomas. The Civic Project budget remains ahead of um, the budget and schedule. Uh, the interior and exterior works are continuing on the administration building. Uh, if you've been down there lately, you'll note the, uh, the beautiful looking feature column which faces Nicholas Street has been finalised. Practical completion remains mid-April with occupation by council staff likely from June. Good news is the relighting of the car park levels 3 to 6 has now been finished. 
And we're just looking to adjust the lighting on B1 and B2. There's got auto sensors at the moment, so we're looking to actually remove those. Sometimes it's a bit dark uh, before they actually get um, triggered, so we're looking to actually put that on uh, full manual. Uh, the Commonwealth Hotel, if you've also been down and had a look lately, it's really starting to take shape. Um, next week is a significant week with the facade pieces being lifted on. This is a facade that faces Union Place. So it might be worthwhile to have a look or a story on that because it's going to be quite an interesting um, challenge for the builder. Uh, Bottle Alley. Uh, so next week we should get the detailed cost report and program report which will give all the options and the timings and the cost to actually allow for a decision to be made on the options for uh, improving that access from Ellenborough Street into Nicholas Street. Deputy Mayor Marnie Doyle. We've had, um, and this is, I guess, um, along the lines of what the concern that Councillor Ireland raised um, with regard to lighting of the building, it's been lit up on every floor over several weeks. Residents were asking, you know, not only for environmental reasons, but I guess uh, the impact on, on the public of it being completely lit up. Now, my understanding is that until the building is completely commissioned, I guess, from an electrical point of view. We are unable to moderate the lights on individual floors. Is that correct? And, and I'd have to take that on notice. Okay. I, don't, I don't know the specifics about the light, lighting protocol. I do note there's the, the lighting yep. um, of the entire building is no longer occurring and it yep. is on individual floors. So I assume we've moved further yep. enough mm -hmm. through yep. the electrical work mm -hmm. for that to happen. Yes, I'll provide confirmation in next month's report. Thank you. On, on Our that, residents are yep. always... Um, watching eagerly. Everyone's yep. very excited mm -hmm. about this. Can I ask about um, opportunities for public art um, spaces? Have they been identified within the precinct yet? I know we've had... Uh, I've had quite a few discussions with council officers and, and their commitment is that they will be identified, the opportunities, mm. and we will go out to our art community to see who's interested. Yep. Okay. So my response would be to that. Well, I don't know the specifics mm -hmm. of that issue either, so I'll come back to you in the report next month with a detailed that would be great. program um, and how we might approach that. Perfect. Ipswich City Council has committed half a million dollars to the Ipswich Central, Springfield Central rail options analysis, provided the Australian Government matches the $1 million commitment already made by the Queensland Government. Councillor Jacob Madsen moved and spoke to the motion. This rail line is so vital to the future of our city. I mean, we're looking at a new planning scheme will come in during this term. Um, it's, it's well documented that the level of certainty in investment that governments offer can help to shape the development that happens along a proposed corridor like this. We really have to be on the front foot on it because we're competing with other local governments that want their own rail projects in southeast Queensland. To me, it's a no-brainer. Um, I'd, I'd highlight that it's subject to the federal government making a commitment of a million dollars. So it's, it's, um, the intention is to make a statement and a commitment of will uh, more so than expenditure. It's very similar to some commitments that we saw at last year's state election where they announced the commitment but um, no real detail on when it was funded because at the end of the day here we are waiting to see if the federal government will come to the table. Um, they previously haven't committed to things. I believe that we funded the entirety of the first round of the business case, which we very much took off the table as a cudgel and went to the state election and said, this project's great, people should get on board. And um, with that regard, I look forward to getting on board the train and uh, utilising this rail line 
uh, sooner rather than later. It's one of those projects where the best day to start building it is to today, today. Um, and if we can't do it today, tomorrow, and then every other day after, Councillor Island and I have um, encountered many members of our community along this proposed rail line that frankly they already need the other levels of government to step up and invest in public transport. The southern part of Red Bank Plains need this, needs this rail line. Ripley needs this rail line. Debing Heights needs this rail line. And I'm more than happy to stake my flag in the ground and say I think this is the number one project for our city and I will do whatever I can to ensure that this is built sooner rather than later. Councillor Paul Tully strongly supported the proposed rail link. Um, I think this is, um, as has been described, a, a real no-brainer that, that the rail line uh, currently to Springfield Central um, is urgently in need of extension. Um, we're talking about uh, the Springfield region, as I mentioned before, of 90,000, uh, the Ripley Valley, ultimately 120,000 and possibly more. The popularity of the rail is evidenced by the fact that a major parking station is being built at Springfield Central at the moment, um, near the railway station adjacent to the uh, Centenary Highway. Um, it means that people are travelling along you know, the current connection from um, Ripley Valley in particular and from other suburbs, even people coming from places such as uh, Greenbank. Um, we really need to make this a major number one priority. I recall about three, possibly four years ago, the state government indicated at the time, and it was uh, published in the Queensland Times, that this could be, the reality of this, of Springfield Central to the Ripley Valley, could be a 30-year time horizon. I remember when the, the Redcliffe Rail was finally built, that uh, people went back through Trove on, um, you know, through the National Library's um, newspaper clippings and found that that had been promised by governments back to the 1870s. Mm. So, you know, we, we can't afford to do that. Um, we need um, an improved rail system, one that's uh, reliable. And uh, it, it, this is not just a flash in the pan and saying that you know, we, we want to spend community money at any level of um, a government just because we think it's a good idea. If they want to encourage people to use the rail, it needs to go where communities are living. And as the fact, as I said, the um, uh, parking station is being built now, we know the problems at the, which are um, under the government's uh, undertaking are being improved on the Centenary Highway heading into Brisbane, the hold-ups each morning at the um, Logan Motorway. If we don't get this happening, we are going to find more and more problems. And I agree with Councillor Madsen, yeah, this probably is our number one priority in the city because this will help not just current generations, but future generations. There's nothing worse. You know, roads tend to be built years after they're needed. Railway lines tend to be built years after they're needed. Let's make sure that we, we're not going to wait 130 years for this development. Council approved almost $2 million to repair a 170-metre section of North Station Road, including a 7-metre-high retaining wall, also known as a crib wall, adjacent to the Bremer River. The condition of the wall has deteriorated since the 2011 flood. Council's Head of Infrastructure and Environment, Charlie Dill, responded to Deputy Mayor Marnie Doyle. Can I ask, aside from costs, Mr Dill, why has it taken so long for this piece of work to occur? Because this is directly as a result of the 2011 floods, is that correct? I'm not sure if it's a direct result, mm -hmm. probably a contributing factor. Um, 
I believe due, due to the nature of the, the infrastructure, the existing infrastructure and the sensitivity of it, um, there has been challenges around um, procuring, uh, getting the design correct mm -hmm. and procuring the correct um, contractor to undertake the work. Okay. Um, so uh, uh, as far as contributing factors and how much 2011 contributed, couldn't, couldn't really say. Okay, thank you. And a reminder, if you drive the Wilkaraka Connection Road at morning and afternoon school drop-off and pick-up times, a new reduced speed limit of 60 kilometres per hour now applies. Signs are now in place, so don't get caught. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button at the bottom of the page. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today from your smart speaker. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.